1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, all the way from across the pond, the Ghostfinder General himself, the most haunted Richard
2: Felix. Hello, my friend. How are you
1: doing? Good. Where are you, where are you today, Richard?
2: I'm at home. I'm in my haunted farmhouse. <laughs> That's different.
1: <laughs> you no, know,
2: it's a different. Yes, yes. Nothing no happening ha- at Derby Jail tonight, so uh, I'm actually doing it uh, at, at home. So, uh, yeah, bit different
1: uh, to normal.
2: House things. Anything exciting happened?
1: Well, you know, we did that big investigation up at Rose Island uh, Lighthouse, which was uh, it was interesting, quite interesting, actually. Really? Anything? Um, anything special?
2: Anybody? Good come through, or did 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 you do anything sort of you know different to Yeah,
1: Yeah, two two neat experiences. One was the they you I didn't do it, but the uh, person I was with used the uh, lighted flashlight thing, and uh, you know we loosen it up and ask questions. You know I don't put a lot of faith in that, but uh, this uh, particular time the questions were quick and the answers were quick, and it, it responded very good. The rest of the night. It wasn't, you know. I I notice that they'll ask like, oh, if there's someone there, can you you make it light up for me? You know, can you uh, do it? Uh, uh, you know, are you a male spirit? Can you light it up? And you know, they keep yakking, and eventually the damn thing goes on or off. So I mean, you know, so that to me that's not a big impression. But uh, this was kind of interesting. The other thing we did was uh, uh, we did some table uh, topping, which was oh, my favorite. Yeah, well, you know, we had a huge oak table. It was a big, heavy, double pedestal oak table. table. Right. And uh, we had a lot of people. I think there was about eight of us on the table. And we had the fingers on top of it, you know, not underneath or anything, on that's top that's of you. it. And that thing was rocking and rolling, twisting and turning, and finally jumped off the floor. And, and that was a damn heavy table. And funny, the funny thing about it, when, when we, you know, when I moved the table in position the first time, I had a real hard time doing it, but after the thing was over, we had must have loosened it up. The thing was like, oh, like, almost like uh, water, for God's sakes. It was so loose.
2: Yeah, they tend to glide, don't they? It was
1: was weird, but anyways, uh, we had a great show tonight. Uh, Well, of course, before I do that, I I do want to mention you have uh, something exciting that uh, you want to mention, which is uh, your science and psychic tour.
2: Oh, yeah, Psychic and Science, Psychic and Science Tour. Me and Chris, uh, Chris Conway and the guys from um, um, Compass Paranormal. Um, we, we've, we've got 40, approximately 40 shows um, around the UK, um, starting September. September, October and November, all in haunted theatres. Haunted locations. Excellent. Um, and we are really going to take this to the limit. Um, no, no holds barred. Um, experiments, different stuff. Guests, people that live in the local town or something that who you know may, may be quite famous um, in the ghost world, or may live in a you know a celebrity that, that lives in a in a in a haunted property. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be it's a two hour show. Um, and I'm so, so looking forward to it, Ron. You, you wouldn't believe it. Um, it's going to be so different. And, and as I said, I think I mentioned it last week on the show. It's going to evolve. Uh, it will change. The first night will be, I think, very different from the last night, uh, 40 shows later, because uh, this sort of thing will, will just evolve. And um, we've, got such, we've got such character. I was with them on Saturday night
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, at an aircraft museum. And we got a TV company that came to see us, They're very interested in doing a TV show with us, um, with me and Chris and the guys, uh, which again is is dead exciting. And um, it's the first time first time I've ever worked with Chris Conway. Uh-huh. I've obviously seen him seen him on, on on TV on on Most Haunted after I left. Right. Um, but he's great. He's such a different guy. He, he's. Um, he doesn't profess to be anything special. Um, mm. You know, if, if, if nothing happens, nothing happens, which I thought was really quite, quite refreshing. Um, we had a, a very, very interesting night, and I actually, I was nearly reduced to tears, Ronald, on, on, um, on Saturday night, because there's, really? a, yeah, there's a ghost of a young 21-year-old uh, sergeant, airman, um, who um, crashed not far from, from the airfield where we were and um basically, the situation was that they found that they they dug him up these guys dig up aeroplanes and uh bring the back bring them back you know to oh, wow. yeah. play um which i 've actually been doing since the age of twenty. would you believe um, huh. yeah i've dug up a b seventeen flying fortress uh, a boeing b twenty nine super fortress you name it Liberator, all sorts of stuff. Which we must talk about another time. And yep. anyway, there's this guy, he's a sergeant, and he basically, they found parts of him, of course, which were buried. These guys found other parts of him, um, including his flying boots with his um, socks and his, and his feet. Well, what was left of his feet, but still in them, and they mm-hmm. reburied them. And oh, he, wow. yeah, now the thing is, there's two things. Number one, he's not particularly happy, they reckon, uh, because obviously the body wasn't whole. But the other amazing thing is, when I was doing a seance, and, and remember, I'm not psychic or anything like that, I was doing a seance, conducting it, and I, I asked him a very, very personal question, I said, do you know you're dead? And the table stopped, everything really? stopped, yeah, oh my god, it, and, and I, I mean, it was like, Ron, it was like delivering a sledgehammer blow to him, he, he didn't know he was dead, He he still, think, he still thought the war was on, he still thought he was going to get another hurry, hurricane fighter, Mate, it was it was really quite, quite. You know, i, I, I it, you know, can you imagine? I mean, it was, what it's like going and, 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 and knocking on someone's door and telling them that one of their loved ones is dead. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, I, I don't know. I have a hard time with that, uh, uh, Richard. Well, not knowing he's dead. Not knowing you're dead. I don't. I don't know. I just. Oh, well, that's, that's what he told me. Something that I know <laughs> that's something I just haven't been able to wrap my. Uh, mind of Brown, but anyways... uh, We may be able
2: to talk about it later on in the show, then.
1: Well, actually, why don't we ask our guest, because I know he deals with a lot of dead people, and he is none other than the uh, premier paranormal investigator of Gettysburg. He's written more books on Gettysburg than anyone else. He runs the greatest tours down there, and uh, all-around good guy, Mr. Mark Nesmith. Hi, Ron and Richard. How are you? Oh,
2: how are you doing, my friend? Long time no see. Long time no speak.
0: Yeah, it has been a while. I enjoyed yeah, it well. time together, though. Yes, indeed. Yeah. When we did the uh, Roundtop Farm, remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You
2: are. Listen, we will never, <laughs> we will never forget the Roundtop Farm, my friend. I'd like that to know was... if it's for sale. Pardon me. I'd like to know if it's up for sale. <laughs> <I'd like laughs> no, <buy>. not yet.
0: <laughs> No, oh, not right. yet. But they, you know, they did some improvement out there. They uh, tore down the uh, more modern structure that was out there. I don't know yeah. if they got any more paranormal activity, which usually accompanies is, you know it a renovation. Have... But yes, it uh, does. they, yeah, but they. Uh, 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 so it really looks nice out there now. In fact, I was just speaking with some <clears throat> some ladies that were staying out there this past weekend, and oh, they yeah. were investigators, and they were having some activity out there as well. Up, uh, you know, to this past weekend. So it's. It's still an active place. Oh, I
2: loved it. I absolutely... I'll tell you what, uh, Mark. I mean, uh, Julia and I, uh, we obviously came over. You you were very hospitable with us. We had the most fabulous time with you. We never stopped talking about it. And and if there's one place in America that we'd like to live, it's Gettysburg. (laughs) Honestly, we loved it.
0: If you're interested in history and you're interested in the paranormal, it's the ideal place. You know, it's like, like I always say, Gettysburg was almost like it created the perfect storm to, uh, to, to create ghosts because you, know, you, had, you had everything there, violence, emotional energy, uh, yep. all kinds of things going on. And, and, and in a huge quantity, 51,000 casualties in just three days. So uh, Gettysburg has it all if you wanna, want it concentrated. You, know, you don't have to look very far to find your ghosts in Gettysburg.
2: That's so true, and I mean, I'll be quite honest, every event I do, wherever I go, wherever, whatever I say, I always refer to Gettysburg, I always refer to you and your your, your ghost walks, and, and the fact that it's possibly, possibly the most haunted battlefield on the planet, um, with all the ingredients, as you say, I mean, murder, suicide, death, um, not being buried, um, bodies blown to pieces, soldiers vaporized. with I mean, you've got everything. You really have got all the ingredients of, a, of an incredibly haunted location. I love it.
0: And it seems also, I mean, you know, you and I uh, agree on uh, your theory about uh, the uh, environment having something to do with it, the crystals uh, and the quartz and everything. Of course, we have the geology there as well at Gettysburg, to to back that up where uh, there may be some imprinting in the uh, natural the natural yep. features of the land. We have, you know, all you have to do is say Devil's Den and you get an idea of the huge uh, granite boulders that are in, buried in the ground there. So uh, it, it kind of falls in with, with one of your
1: f- yep. pet theories, also. There uh,
2: now, listen, I. Well, I, you,
1: before, I, you, well don't, before a second.
2: No, you're there as well, are you, Ron? Yes, <laughs> I am. Yeah. I have
1: got disappeared yet. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I, I wanted to do, ask Mark, is because of what you just he said, how much of that is like a residual haunting and how much of it is, is really an intelligent haunting? I mean, I know you can't say, oh, it's 19.5%. I mean, do you, d- does it tend to be more residual or is it more in, uh, intelligent where it's interactive?
0: You know, that's one of those uh, uh, statistics that I haven't been able to pull from my... Uh uh, research, yeah, you know, I have collected well over a thousand stories just on Gettysburg, and I and some some statistics do come out of it. Like, for example, only about ten percent of all of them are uh, visuals. In other words, uh, you know, sixty percent are auditory. You're going to hear a ghost at Gettysburg um, before you see one, as well. Fifty percent happen in the daytime. It doesn't have to be night. In other wow. words. So, but the other, but that's one statistic that I've. But off the top of my head, let me just say this: I think probably, uh, and I'm just going to take a guess, probably yeah. sixty, seventy percent are residual. Um, yes, we do we do have our good share of uh, of the int, uh, interactive or intelligent haunting too. But you know, for example, I have probably half a dozen accounts of the famous uh, Phantom Regiment, you know, or Phantom Battalion, wherein people will see an entire unit of soldiers come marching out of the woods, they'll maneuver, do a couple maneuvers, march back into the woods, they'll go to see, you know, all the reenactors, they figure there's an encampment somewhere on the park, and they'll walk across the field, and the field is not trampled, they'll walk into the woods, and there aren't any cars parked, there aren't any men there, Um, and they've seen this, uh, probably I've collected half a dozen stories of seeing this particular regiment. That, to me, is that residual haunting, because they don't even acknowledge you, you know, you're not, you don't even exist as far as That's they're right. concerned. They just do their thing and march off and disappear.
2: Yeah. Mark, we're singing from the same hymn sheet, because I, we're talking statistics, and, and again, do remember that this is, this is only me talking, and I'm not a, an expert in the subject, but my talks now say 60% of what we see and hear is nothing more than a recording, residual um, yeah, yeah. energy. Uh, so we you know, sixty. You just said sixty, seventy. Um, I'm not an expert, and I, I can't prove it, but that's what I reckon. I reckon forty percent is an intelligent, an intelligence that you know can interact with you, that knows you are there, and sixty percent, as you say, is a um, nothing more than the residual energy of a, a recording of a trauma, of a traumatic event that's, that's replayed over and over again.
0: Yeah, that, that's what that would be. Would be my. Uh, guesstimate at the statistics, but that's interesting that they would that they would match yours.
2: Absolutely, that's amazing and we've never spoken about that, have we? We've never actually commented no, no. about it. No, that's, that's interesting. That's good, this is great. A big thing, and I need to just mention this too, I was told um, you see, I, I'm in, You know that I'm into the silica, the crystals, the, the sandstone, limestone, granite, and right. you know, all of that, holds a, um, a recording and all of that. I've now started on my talk saying this, and I, I, I'd like you to Correct me if i 'm wrong but i 'm told that most of the Gettysburg battlefield is actually on a red sandstone plateau
0: I did a uh, there is a, a book out on the geology of uh, the you know Gettysburg and it 's called the Gettysburg uh, Sill, i believe, and it is a uh, a volcanic type of a, of, a, of an intrusion and you will see the uh, um, for the most part you 'll see the Granite rocks, of course, they're gray and they're infused with uh, with quartz. But you know, yep. they the clay that they have there is yeah. uh, that they build the the buildings out of that they built the buildings out of is kind of a salmon colored. Yep. In other would words, you? it's not real red brick, but it's right. a salmon color, and that would in- indicate to me that it's kind of a you know. It, it also the the brick and the and the clay that they use also had has a good bit of uh, quartz. In it, and that may account once again for why so many of the buildings are haunted. Uh, yeah. in and the
2: iron oxide, of course, in the clay, in the in the red, um, in the clay, Correct. Which of course Magnetic, which is all part of you know the recording theory.
0: Right, right.
2: So you know that's, that's why I say red sandstone, uh, redder the sandstone, the more in more iron oxide. The red of the clay, the more iron oxide there is in it. So the red of the bricks, the same thing applies, which I right. believe holds a recording.
0: I agree. And, uh, you know, once again, your theory about the iron and the uh, electromagnetic uh, being recorded, that's Jesus, that that rings uh, pretty true to me.
2: Wow, this is good. This is good. You do realize, guys, that if if there's any semblance of truth in what I'm saying, then we're actually talking of, of, well, medieval, Tudor, Roman, Saxon, uh, Victorian, CCTV.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Right. I I don't know know if I would put it that way.
2: In other words, if we one day, in other words, if people are seeing the ghost on the battlefield, then if we ever find a way of actually pressing the replay button ourselves,
0: we would be able to, oh gosh, solve so many murders. Yeah, well, of course, that's the great question. You know, we know that it. Apparently, happens naturally because you know people all of a sudden they're just confronted with these with these residual energies, you know. But somehow, you know, uh, some rare combination of of uh, energy, maybe solar energy, maybe maybe ionization in the atmosphere around it. We don't know. Maybe human
1: energy as well. Or uh,
0: without a doubt, Ron, human energy has something to do with it too. I mean, there's there's always a a human component involved in this this type of stuff. If we could ever figure out exactly what that combination is of things, then Richard's right. Then we can really start to study these things um, anytime we wanted. And do you realize how exciting history could become?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be be living.
0: Living
1: history, actually. We're
2: talking living history. And, and, you, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we're only talking of what? Just over 100 years ago, we actually started recording living history uh a, a well longer than that obviously in the 1850s with with just photographs but then you know um cine film <laughs> you think it, so you can actually see um queen victoria um at her diamond jubilee in 1897 right. um you know, you know so wow we could go right back to Oh, my God. Prehistoric times and see things again.
1: It well, be a- well wait, wait, before, before you do that, I, I was going to actually bring up that question, and it kind of fits right in. Is that, uh, do you think that perhaps these recordings fade after a while as well? Yes. Do you, what do you think, Mark? I would say that, you know, from... Well, you know,
0: that's, that's a difficult question. From the evidence that they would appear to uh, fade after a while, although... You know, because we have more stories of things that happened within the last 150 or 200 years. But then again, do the, you know, the the stories naturally fade because the people who know them have died out? In other words, you know, that we don't have the, the proper collection method anymore. We don't, you know, uh, if it's not written down, it's folklore. It's just told. And maybe right. after a while, those people die out. Although, you know, ghost stories have seem to have a life that goes on and on. Um, I think we're doing a little more scientific, doing, doing the study a little more scientifically now, both with the sociolog- sociological type studies, pulling data out of anecdotal stories, but also some of the stuff that that you and Ron are doing, and uh, and of course we're doing uh, with the scientific, uh, using the instruments and and recordings and things like that. So I don't know if they if they fade out or if there's a possible way to even go that that far back, four, five, eight hundred years, and. Of course, we can't do that here in America as exactly. well as you can do it in England. <laughs>
2: I mean, just a question for both of you guys: Do, do you have many grey, grey ghosts over there? Grey ladies, um, great—you know, usually a grey lady actually, but um, you know, grey, grey gentlemen, grey mm-hmm. ghosts—in other words, do you have lots of recorded
0: sightings of those? We have a number of women in white. Almost um, every battlefield. Oh over. yeah. I've studied in the uh, Civil War now uh, whether that's just a matter of interpretation in other mm. words they're 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 la- they're grey ladies uh in in uh in England and Europe and here they're women in what we call them women in white uh, I don't know uh maybe we may be talking about the same thing
2: yeah it's possible you see in Scotland they have green ones which oh, is oh wow quite amazing. But you see, I've got this, again, back to this recording thing, I've got a, sort of the idea of that if we're talking of a recording that is playing continuously, this is, like, as you were saying, you know, like 800, 900 years ago is different to 150 years ago. But in other words, if, if in the 16th century this figure started out as a lady in a, in, a, in a red dress and it's a recording and it's continually playing, it's a bit like your favourite video. The more you play it, the more the more the quality deteriorates. Mm-hmm the 16th century lady in the 17th century becomes a pink lady and the 18th century becomes a pinky grey lady. By the mm-hmm. 19th century, a grey lady and the 20th century, just a grey, hazy shape and a few footsteps before it fades away.
1: Very <laughs> interesting, yeah. Uh, uh, or oh, a minute. Uh, could certain conditions... Reveal uh, different colors, for instance, Uh, maybe different magnetic fields. Uh, If, for instance, if you are saying that, like, there's a lot of green ones in Scotland, perhaps where they lie in the magnetic fields, uh, tendency uh, for us to see them in green rather than in white or gray. Could be. Could well be, couldn't it?
2: Or, or is it to do with something to do with certain people's perception? Could be
1: too. We, don't. we actually have a question for Mark uh, from the uh, Tojinet chat room. This is from Ghost Girl. She says, does Mark think the bulk of the soldiers, uh, I assume, in uh, Gettysburg, don't know they're dead? So I think that's carry on from our conversation. We opened the show with uh, Richard. Yeah, that's good.
0: Right. Um, you know, that's. I think we have a uh, uh, a number of them. I know that uh, according to people like, uh, you know, Wayne Crosby, whom you've met, um some of them really don't know they're not aware that they're they are dead um and it is it is a little bit of a shock uh, she talks about one that was at the railroad engine house who was uh who was lying there she saw it uh, you know obviously i'm i'm right. i'm not very sensitive at all and and he was moaning and everything and and uh it was kind of getting distracting she finally said to him well you know what's the problem? He says, "Well, I'm, I can't move. I can't get." She said, "Well, you know, you're dead." He goes, "Oh, thanks," <laughs> and, and just took off. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. In other words, he didn't realize that he he was freed from this this uh, uh, wounding that he had been, and all of a sudden, when that that information was given to him, off he went. Where would they go? Uh, Where do they go? <laughs> I
2: don't know. I, mean, I just asked. Heaven, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so uh that, that was kind of interesting so i do think that we have our share of uh and of course you have the condition during the battle for that to happen when you're charging um uh cannons that are loaded with um uh canister when they pull the lanyard and that stuff comes out at you there's a huge cloud of smoke and the cannoneers used to talk about how they'd they look and they'd see just uh arms and legs and Heads Indeed. and torsos just pinwheeling out of this cloud. In other words, you're pretty much liquefied when it, it happens real suddenly. And when you have a sudden thing like that, uh, really, even when you're alive, all of a sudden something really suddenly happens. You're like, did that really happen? Yeah. Wow. You know, you're not sure. You're not sure what happened. And and in that situation, of course, at the Battle of Gettysburg, you had that happen time and time and time again. And uh, so it's a possibility maybe we have more ghosts at Gettysburg who don't know that they are dead because of the suddenness of it. Plus, all the guys there were pretty young. I mean, they're in their in their mid-20s, and so they're full of life. Yeah, and, everything in uh, front. Yeah, and, and they're also thinking, you know, here it is. The Confederates are thinking we have an opportunity to make our own nation now if we're only successful in this charge. Everybody knew it was on the line at Gettysburg. And so um, that kind of attitude that that uh, you're so full of life and your all your emotions are peaked it would seem almost impossible to just squelch that in one tenth yes. of a second yes
2: no time to, to to make it i mean no chance you know like i'm sat here now and a 10 ton weight flattens me in a second i haven't got time to think i haven't got time to make, to to prepare myself wham
1: now you see me now you don't yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, that's the thing. If that use that scenario, then, I mean, you think of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. I mean, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I forget the deaths total, but uh, and right they, right. they were just doing whatever they were doing. In an instant, they were all gone. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they, they, if you take that one, I mean, that place, there'd be people all over the place doing, like, what they were doing. <laughs> Going about <around> living. <laughs> Yeah, as, as they did, but you see, going back to my silly ideas,
2: of course, that you know is the, is the same culture over there in Japan as, as it is with with us. Oh, and we, yeah. I don't know. I know. What well, you're you know, saying. I,
0: have a, I don't Go know ahead. about uh, Japanese culture. I have a good friend who wrote a book called uh, Ch- Chinese Ghosts and ESP,
1: and well, we really? talked about it.
0: Yeah, and we talked. Charlie Emmons, Doctor Emmons from Gettysburg College, and his uh, he said. Uh, you know, the statistics that I quoted, you know, 10% visual, 60% auditory, it all matched. Um, he collected 300-some hmm. stories, and his only difference is that, with at least with, with Chinese ghosts, I don't know how, how pan-Asian this, this thought is, but he said that uh, uh, they have the same types of ghosts that we have, um, the same classifications, except their thought process is that it's not... Really, like a stranger type ghost. Any ghost you see would be a relative. Yes. Like if you did something bad, you know, grandma's gonna come back <laughs> and do, you know, and yell at you or something as a ghost. So, and that would fit in with that ancestor worship uh, that uh, some of the uh, the Asian um, uh, yes. cultures have. So.
1: Okay. we are we're coming, coming up to the break right now, so we're going to hold on to that thought for a second. Was Anyways, we're, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick, and our very special guest is Mark Nesbitt. Uh, I guess, what's your best website to, for people to find you at, Mark? Uh, GhostsofGettysburg.com. Right, and mm-hmm. you run a lot of tours and uh, some uh, special events, which we're going to talk about after the break. Right. But, uh, one other thing that's uh, we actually have a question so I want to think of, you guys think about it uh, after, during the break uh, which is I just lost it <laughs> great oh it's it's about the lines basically if they go through a sandy red uh, yeah a red sandstone are they more powerful so think about that and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit when we get back and that was from uh, Paul in the uh, chat room so We'll be right back after the following messages on Toge Net, Ghost Channel, and beyond.
0: Welcome to Toge Net, radio with a cutting edge.
1: spooky, they all talk outly the Ferex family, the shows are paranormal, now stop not- Author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink.
2: and I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of Eastbridge Waters Most Haunted.
1: And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles:
2: The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com.
1: So, so, Ann, what are they going to hear on this stupid show?
2: What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening.
1: Like uh, Beyond bizarre,
0: And Cemetery Tripping.
1: Oh, that's your deal, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these Cemetery Tripping things that uh, I'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host.
2: I am brave beyond belief.
1: Yeah, we'll see. it scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. Alex and Ron Kolick, and our very special guest today is Mark Nesbitt. Mark, uh, I'm I'm going to forget him if I don't bring him up, so we'll get to that question in a minute. Basically, you you have some uh, neat events that are coming up, and I I wanted to bring those up uh, to everyone's attention before we we go any further.
0: Okay, yeah, we have some. We're kind of expanding a little bit out of Gettysburg and uh, doing some investigations and setting up some new tours uh, coming up. The, this summer, we're going to be having some ghost tours in Savannah, Georgia. We're hooked up with uh, Ray Couch of Southern Ghosts, and uh, so we're going to be doing tours of the Savannah Roundhouse Museum, which is very interesting. Wow. It, um, buildings were built in 1855. Of course, it went through the Civil War, and then also it was built, uh, when it was built in 1855, on actually on the 2nd bloodiest battlefield of the American Revolution. They fought a battle right on this site, Hmm. and uh, so we have kind of like a double whammy there. We're going to be doing a special event, a Savannah Investigative Weekend, June 3rd through the 5th, where we'll be actually taking people into that roundhouse complex, going through the railroad cars and some of the buildings and doing investigations there, so that is June 3rd through the 5th. Um, And then on July 23rd and 24th, you know, you remember Lane Crosby, right? Absolutely. She's a great yeah. Uh, medium. Yeah, we're going to be, uh, uh, we call it a midsummer night scream uh, <laughs> at, <laughs> at the uh, uh, Lee Plantation, Stratford Hall. Uh, Lee as in Robert E. Lee, that was his family, uh, and they they uh, owned Stratford Hall for for generations, that is a really neat 2,000-acre complex that they lock down at night, so we'll be able to uh, run around there and chase ghosts <laughs> all through the place. They have a, a cemetery, an old slave cemetery, and a, and a haunted uh, a, a cellar of, a, of, a, of, a, of a, the basement of a building there, plus uh, the uh, kitchen outside of the uh, Lee Mansion. So we'll have that uh, on July 23rd and 24th. Then we have another Ghost Quest weekend with the James Getty's Hotel. These are always really, really special. That's September 9th uh, through the 11th. Uh, we do an uh, investigation of their cellar, which always comes up with some kind of really, really heavy EVP down there. We're always getting EVP uh, down there. We do our headquarters, uh, which you've been to, and you've done some investigating oh, there. Oh, yeah. A great place. Yeah, and then uh, we also have a farm. It's a privately owned farm that we go out to, and uh, we go, it goes all the way back to Native American times to colonial times, uh, and it was also used as a hospital during the retreat uh, during the Battle of Gettysburg, and that's a uh, uh, Ghost Quest weekend on September 9th through the eleventh.
1: And then we're the, back. The Dan, but, is that the Daniel Lady Farm?
0: No, we, we, no, on that one, we don't go out to the Lady Farm on okay. the Ghost Quest weekend. We do that for the Mysterious Journeys weekends. And we just finished our last MJ weekend this past weekend and we had some interesting activity we can talk about if you, if you want to later on. Oh, sure. And then finally, we had the Ghosts of Stratford Hall in November, November 4th through the 6th. And that is a whole weekend rather than just one night. And, uh, we're going to do an intensive investigation, and maybe you guys can help me. One of the things I want to get for the, the the participants will be some kind of an identification uh, that will you know glow in the dark and glow under um, even infrared, so that when we you know like an armband or something, so that when we we, we if you take a picture and you have a figure going through the woods. Yeah. You uh, want to make sure it's not one of our people because they'll be wandering around all night long. Uh, so I'm looking for some kind of a uh, identification uh, that that will show up under infrared, so that people taking pictures will will be able to identify our people. And once again, that's November fourth uh, through the sixth down at Stratford Hall. That is a that's a very interesting place, and they're just starting to discover and embrace their ghosts down there.
1: Huh. Wow. A little behind, right?
0: You know a lot of historic sites are haunted as I'm sure you guys know mm. but they don't want to actually talk about it. They want to be, you know, history forward with their with their places, yep. which is fine. You know, that's that's fine, but uh uh the they many of them are um, also nonprofits and so they need some kind of thing to Raise money. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why we go to these places to help them raise money as a fundraiser for them and do a, a, an investigation type situation. And uh, the proceeds, many of the proceeds go to the, the organization itself to help maintain it. But um, we're really looking forward to the Stratford Hall. We've been down there on a preliminary investigation already. And I, I, had a, I actually had a visual. In one really? of the uh, cottages there, you know, and you know me, Ron. I don't. Nothing happens to me, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was very strange to to have a visual down there the first night. I was I was in the uh,
1: complex. I mean, that what must have been awesome. Talk? What did you say?
0: Well, Richard, it was kind of interesting. I, we were uh, we were in one of the cabins. They have cabins down there, yep. and uh, I was uh, I was asleep, and I woke up about two in the morning, and I uh, I thought Carol. You remember my wife, Carol? Had, cool. Yeah, had stood up, and because there was something next to the bed, and then I said, "Hey, are you all right?" Because uh, sometimes uh-huh. she gets she gets leg cramps, and then and I hear this voice coming from next to me. Yeah, I'm fine. What's the matter? And I oh, look boy. over, and I see it. It's a dark shape. It's got like um like a monk's cloak folds on you know over it, mm-hmm. and uh, it had like a little bit of a greenish. Hinge. But as I'm looking at it, I'm saying, well, wait a minute, on either side of it, it's, it's light. So maybe I'm just seeing the dark wall, you know, and the two windows on either side of it. And so I, I'm, and I'm looking at this for 45 seconds or so, and finally I just rolled over. Uh, no! And, and <laughs> Carol's Carol no so you... mad at me, she, she <laughs> said, why didn't you wake me up? <laughs> so I rolled over and uh, fell back <laughs> asleep. Woke up no. the next morning, and I said uh, – I looked at the at the wall, expecting to see, you know, that center area as part of the wall and the two windows on either side. It was just the opposite. The wall was on either side, and there was a window right where the figure was. So, in other words, the figure blocked Locked out, the, out window. the window. Oh, wow. So um, that's when I realized – yeah, because I wasn't sure whether it was something – you know you, you know how you rationalize these things. I said, well, it must be the wall, you know, and then the next morning I woke up and I realized that it couldn't have been. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: so in other words,
2: you weren't too bothered when you saw it because your brain did what everyone else's brain did and told you that, in fact, it was nothing more than uh, light on both sides and that was the wall in the middle. Uh, because otherwise, I'm afraid, you know, my friend, and I, would
0: have <laughs> I would have been out there like shit off a shovel. <laughs> I'm if I'd sorry. have thought, if i if I'd have really, really, really convinced myself that it wasn't just the wall, I yeah. would have been recording it, or I'd have gone over and tried to touch it or something. Oh, but okay. but yeah. I, you know, I just and what it turned out it was interesting because later on, Lane, who was in the on the other side of the cabin in in her room, she yeah. she kind of got a sheepish look on her face. I said, "What did you do?" She <laughs> said, "Well." About 2 in the morning, there was this soldier that was in my room, and he kept bugging me, and he wouldn't go away. <laughs> she said, wow. finally I told him, look, go over to Mark and Carol's room. They don't see you. They won't see you. They don't see any of you ghosts, so get on over there. So she actually sent him over to us. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> room service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that was fun. Uh, now, you see, that, to me, was, was um, an entity, uh, a spirit, a soul, an intelligence. Uh, yeah. And that's it. He, because you're in a log cabin, correct? Yeah. So, so you see, well, I've got this big theory that mo- far more ghosts in America are of of an intelligence than they are of a recording, because you've got far more wooden houses than we ha- than we have, but you still see, you still have loads of
1: ghosts. Well, not only that, we got rid of you guys, so it makes us a lot smarter already. Uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course it does, yeah. But
1: that's, that's my thoughts,
2: you know. I think a lot of your ghosts are actually. So in America, I would say that we're probably looking at the other way. 60-40. 40% are residual and 60% probably um, um, spirits
0: and souls. Well, you, got, you got me thinking now, uh, Richard. I'm going to have to go through my books and, uh, yeah. and just check them out and see which uh, classification I can put them in. Yeah. yeah, because
2: for instance, right, when we, when we did on Most Haunted, we went down to the Whaley House. Uh, it's reputedly the most haunted house in California. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's the oldest brick-built building in California. Hmm. Well, what about that?
1: See? So, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. It's a possibility.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Oh.
1: So, anyways, did you guys actually think at all about that question from the chat room about uh, what if uh, ley lines? I mean, first of all, does ley lines... Uh, affect paranormal activity? And, and second of all, would it be more powerful if it went through a sandstone uh, going along with uh, Richard's theory? Go, Ma.
0: Well, I, you know, I can answer the first part of that. Uh, I was with um, a guy by the name of Cecil Downing in the triangular field there at Gettysburg, Oof. and he's a, he was one of the best dowsers uh, yeah. in the state of Pennsylvania, discovered seven or 800 wells. And he was, he was going through the triangular field with his dowsing rod and was kind of doing like an, like an S type of a walk. And every time he'd get over this one spot, the dowsing rod would point straight down. And uh, I asked him what he was doing. He says, I'm, he says, I'm finding ley lines radiating out from this one rock. And I said, well, what does that have to do with the uh, ghosts?" He says, well, because of the fact that it's kind of an energy, you know, two parts of the earth pressing together in kind of a piezoelectric uh, uh, fashion, he said the ghosts can travel more easily along those lines because there's natural energy that runs along those lines. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so that sort of makes sense to me as far as the first part of that question. I think Richard would have to answer because he's done more studies on a the, on the sandstone than I have. Yeah. So.
2: yeah, you see, again, same thing applies because you've, you've got, in the sandstone, you, you've got a, a phenomenal amount of um, silica, which is, which is quartz, crystal, uh, and, and again, you've got exactly the same thing because you've got the piezo um, ele- um, electricity in, in the quartz being pressed, naturally being pressed, I presume, um, and probably being pressed by the energy from the ley lines, which again causes
0: hauntings, for want of a better word. Right, just- and with the yeah, with the silica in the sandstone, sure, that makes... That's that it, because silica,
2: I believe, or silicon anyway, is, is yeah. a um, semiconductor.
0: Right, I, I, right. Uh,
2: but you've also got the fact that you've got, you've, you see, silica is made of silicon, plus oxygen, which makes up the whole of the Earth's crust, one of them is positive, and one of them is negative, hence you get this oscillation and, and, um... um, I'm trying to think of the words, it's to do with, you know, quartz crystal, uh, quartz watches, that sort of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm, it's it's all an energy thing, and and that's the whole damn thing's about, we're energy. Um, and we, we emit energy, um, which causes recordings in the fabric. Um, I, I need help, though. You know that. You can tell I need help. Probably, probably psychological what? help. But I
0: need well, someone. Yeah. I, need, I
2: need a scientist to come I won't argue maybe. that. Yeah, thanks, Rob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, Richard, someone wants to know what percentage of the earth is sandstone. Ha! <laughs> Say And They want to know what... There was spooky Palooza in the uh, chat room wants to know... Uh, how much of the Earth's land surface is limestone or sandstone? Gosh. Well, I mean... <laughs> Woo, come on, Richard. You've got to put these thirds up. You've got to get all these things yeah, exactly. down. Well, now. I mean, we, we like, I mean
2: Rock, I'm, I'm obviously not a geologist or anything like that, but a phenomenal right. amount of um, buildings for a start are, are either uh, mainly sandstone, to be honest with you, right. um, well, see, limestone Planet. Um, I mean, I was walking along, the, um, we were in Salem. With with you, Rob, um, yep. and um, walked down through this through this. I can't remember. It was this huge, huge. It was a haunted building. I can't remember which it was. And there were these huge um, granite um, pillars outside this house. And that the it was night time. That the, the lights were shining on it, and you could see the quartz crystals glistening in fact, guys, next time the sun shines, just look at any granite, any limestone, any sandstone, any cement, same thing. It's all, it's all made of silica, and it's all quartz crystal, and it's, it's all oscillating and, and full of energy.
1: Well, and the, can, the interesting thing, you mentioned that, is that, of course, with the nuclear power plants that blew up in Japan, everybody's out measuring radiation. Well... Uh, they found some in, in water and rainwater in Massachusetts and also some snow in New Hampshire. But but the deal is that if you take a Geiger counter and you go to any granite building or any uh, basically stone building, you, you're going to pick up radiation. So uh, that radiation is stored within the stone itself. So it makes sense that, you know, it, it could store energy. energy as far as uh, uh, paranormal.
2: That's right. And i tell you something. Here's something that I think takes it. I don't know which way this takes this, but, um, you know, I've, I've sort of taught myself to, to douse with dousing crystal, uh, quartz crystal again. And when, when you put your hand uh, on any limestone, limestone, sandstone or granite, place your hand on it, and you, your crystal in your hand starts to gyrate uh, as if someone's plugged their fingers into, a, into a, an electric socket. The moment you take your hand off the, gra- the, the stone, it stops. It's as if you know he, he, you actually pick up the energy that's, that's, that's oscillating in that stone through
0: your fingers, up through your arm, and down through the crystal. And it, well, and it I starts... think the key to yeah, that, that makes sense to me, Richard, because you know it's frequency. It's it's a, a complementary frequency uh, that you're that you're feeling there, and that uh, like a resonance. And, and so many so many of these stories have to do with just. Matching up the frequency uh, with it. the phenomena, and that's uh, and, and so often that's what uh, our, our 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 psychics, our mediums do, is they get their mind, you know, their 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 mind into an alpha state where the alpha waves are going, uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, in their brain, and uh, that seems to be kind of like the level um, that uh, the ghosts are working on, the spirit. Well, how we how we operate in the spirit world
1: yeah and speaking of mediums uh Mark, you've been working with Laney for quite a while right right yeah now, like six, when when you years. first got in it did, did you i mean how, how did you guys meet and and, and were you open to mediums that when you first started getting into paranormal investigating
0: i'm i you know i i'm open to anything that gives me more information uh in terms of the paranormal and uh that's uh, the first time I met Lane. I was doing an investigation not too far from her house, at uh, Needwood Mansion, and uh, then we ended up going over to her place because she had uh, some problems with some spirits in her house, and so we did a mini investigation over there. But I first met Lane uh, when when she first became psychic. Now, Lane has not been psychic all her life. It just sort of suddenly hit her. and um,
1: So there's hope uh, for Richard then?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. It can, no, can become suddenly psychic, I guess. But that's when I first met Lane, and then the second time I worked with her was down at Spotsylvania at the, on the battlefield there. And she was um, with another group and uh, getting... I knew the history of the site, and she was picking up on, on some stuff there that just was too much to be coincidence. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's that's
0: how you did. So, so that's how I got to meet Lane, and then we, you know, we started working together. We we uh, worked together on the Mysterious Journeys mm-hmm. uh, television program, and that's when all of a sudden it really hit me how good she really is. And she came up with that the name of that soldier in the uh, in the bank vault there and, uh, <laughs> and and I found it on a monument so that's,
1: that's good yeah. yeah. That, that's another good thing about you, uh, Mark, is that you do your research. So if, if Laney does find something, you go in and you research it and say, okay, does this make any sense? Can we find any evidence? Not saying that if she finds something, you don't find any evidence that it's wrong. It's just that it's great to have verification of uh, what she comes up with, correct?
0: Well, yeah, and you have, uh, that's why I like battlefields, is because you have all this documentation. Now, obviously, they can't document every word that was said during the Battle of Gettysburg. But you do have situations where, for example, you know, I can tell you where the 24th Michigan fought on the battlefield. And if if you get a, a, a psychic down there and they start, or getting EVP, you try to get EVP, you say, give me... Give me a state, and if you hear Michigan, uh, and then you say, "Well, give me a number," because the regiment the regiments were were numbered, and they say twenty-four. Suddenly, you know exactly where you can go then, or what what book you can look in uh, their regimental history to maybe look up whoever you you might be uh, talking to at the time. And so that's what why I really enjoy doing uh because because the two complement each other. You get information from the psychic perspective and then you also can verify that or even get more information to ask questions with uh with the uh documentation. Sometimes it's as simple as the monuments on the battlefield. You know, you can go on the battlefield and and, and read the units and ask to talk to, to, to one of the soldiers from the from the you know, sixth Pennsylvania Cavalry right.
1: or whatever. So, I mean, one thing that we did when we went down to visit you, Richard, and myself, is we uh, dressed in uniform. Right? <laughs> I remember that? Yeah, I love those pictures too. By the way, Richard. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I want to see some more. Uh, so, anyways, uh, have you ever done that as an experiment? When you, where you know that, uh, for instance, there was a, a large portion, a large portion, a large number of. Uh, Confederates that would kill this, perhaps get in a reenactor in a... In a or, I don't even try it, but does that tend to stir up the spirits? So that's a good way of putting it, I guess. Well, we've done some uh, work like that
0: with uh, enticement. Um, we've done it with music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've taken recorders out on the battlefield and played, uh, uh, um, you know, Dixie. Uh, mm-hmm. We <laughs> did that in our, in our building, as a matter of fact. We played uh, uh, Dixie and then cut it off. And instead of the regular EVP that sounds like voice, we actually got notes. I mean, they weren't really. Yeah, they weren't in key. You couldn't. They didn't actually, but they tried, you know. And so that's uh, we've done that. Uh, And uh, as far as as far as enticement in terms of people wearing uniforms on the battlefield, almost any day you go out there, you'll see reenactors. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So you automatically have it, um, Hmm. which is kind of interesting.
1: So do you think that stirs up more activity uh, or not? It did in our case when we were experimenting with it. Mm. It 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 did in my
0: case. (laughs) (laughs) Some people will take uh, uh, tobacco or coffee because those are staples for the the soldiers. Um, uh, One time I read the um, uh, roster for the 15th Georgia out there, and what I did is I used the official – basically the official commands to, to muster them for uh, for pay. Mm-hmm. I mean, what soldier is going to turn that down, dead or alive, right? He's going to show right. up to get paid. <laughs> and that seemed to work. I got some answers he from some of, the, he, uh, some, of the, some, some of the names.
1: Gosh. And that I worked. Mean, it, there, yeah, there's so yeah. much we don't know it and so much th- th- uh, that – we try different experiments, and sometimes they don't work. I mean, it's it's not every time you get a hit on something. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, you can't stir up things. I mean, I, I know, for instance, uh, we're talking about EVPs, and Mark is absolutely a phenomenal EVP guy. I've never seen anyone get. Well, maybe, Mark, what's probably be a tie with you, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as as far as getting EVPs, you're phenomenal, Mark. And you say, "Well, I've never seen a ghost. I'm not psychic, whatever." But you sit down with a recorder, and, and they talk to you like you, your, you know, your long lost cousin, for God's sakes.
0: Well, there are times when I get skunked too, you know. They're, they're, Do you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For example, now you remember how active the the lady farm uh, uh, front room was there oh yeah i mean we were we were well we we, it was kind of scary almost when you were there this last time i went to the lady farm and tried to get evp absolutely nothing really absolutely four times i tried i got absolutely nothing that tells us something too about what we're studying though you know what i mean in other words it means that the lady farm or that particular site or perhaps all of them are not active all the time. People in Gettysburg want to go to a haunted house. Take me to a haunted house. So yeah, can you know. take, I can take you to a house that was haunted yesterday, but that's not going to right. be there today.
1: Exactly. So. And it may not be the same ghost that was in there yesterday as in there today. Thanks. Exactly.
2: A, all depends on the person, their mind, um, the perception, what frame of mind they're in on that day. Are they stressed? And It's all, oh, come on. We just don't know. We, we're still... To be honest with you, we're still in the stone age as regards
0: paranormal. Absolutely, I agree. All kinds of variables, and and but all we can do is keep trying and keep keep good records, you know. And the stuff like you know what you guys are doing, you know, the, with with your radio programs and everything. I mean, this is good because it, it gets gets this information out and people pay attention to it. And 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 it's it's all it's data. We need we need data.
1: We do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is that, you know, a lot of the older groups that have been around for a long time uh, complain about some of these new groups that come out and they say, oh, my God, you know, there's this 2,000 groups now. They're all running around and everything, they're not doing it. Yeah, there might be some that might not be doing things right, but they're also bringing in a fresh perspective as well. Uh, yeah. You know, looking outside the box that that we, the older groups, have established and and kind of set these rules. But uh, you got someone who's looking at it totally different, and, and we say, "Well, that's not going to work." But you know, who knows? Maybe it might. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly.
2: I mean, some of the biggest um, discoveries on the planet have been made by amateurs. And so, who knows? One day, someone might just come along and and prove what it's all about. You know,
1: not too quickly, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. but uh, Richard. Anyways, um, I oh, God, I just forgot that I had a question. I w- what happened down in Gettysburg, and I can't remember it. Oh my God! Don't get old, Mark. It's it's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, oh uh, my God! I just so, take notes on everything I say, <laughs> <Then> uh, it
0: <right, laughs> uh, pops into my head. But, uh, quick, but, I quick, mean, very it,
2: quick question for you, yeah. Mark. As regards the battle, was was there a was it the weather good? Uh, was it raining? Or was there a thunderstorm or an electric storm going on or anything like
0: that? It kind of varied. You know, it's such a large battlefield, Richard, that, you know, you had yeah. some reports of soldiers saying, well, we marched through a, a rainstorm, you know. Oh, and right. Then, yeah. And then uh, others at the same time were saying, you know, it was really hot, and uh, we were sitting in the sun for a long time. So, you know, you had your spot showers here and there. But for the most part, it was a typical July, end of June, beginning of July, and, in South Central Pennsylvania, in other words, about 85 degrees for the most part, yeah. and you know, scattered showers. There was a. The interesting thing is that there was a college professor who yeah. was interested in meteorology and, and took notes uh, three or four times a day on what the temperature was, what the weather, what was what it was doing, and that's really, of yeah, really? So We have that. We have that uh, uh, precisely from his uh, at least from his point of view in town.
2: That's an interesting one. There's a number of battles, you know, that that, that are seen again, uh, including soldiers that were that didn't die. Of course, those battles were often fought in electric storms.
0: Yeah, uh-huh.
2: Another part of the recording, you know, the Battle of Waterloo, uh, the Battle of Culloden, the Battle of Edge Hill, and, you know, all fought in electric storms. Wow. And, well, and then the battle is often seen again
1: in the sky. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. <laughs> we, we actually have to we actually have to end right now. It's so, uh, oh, the quickest hour I've ever had. I know. I went through and I love talking with Mark because he's always going to Always interesting. And once again, if, if anybody wants to uh, find out more information about Mark and his uh, events, you can go to the Ghost of Gettysburg website. I think that's linked on mine, too. If you go to the Any Ghost Project website, it's, uh, I'm sure we have a link to it. Uh,
0: so, Mark, anything uh, final words for us? No, just uh, let me know when your guys are coming to Gettysburg again. Can't wait to see you again, Richard. Oh,
2: can't wait, my friend. Can't wait. If you've got anything going on and you want me to come over, I'm more than pleased to do it. I'd love I'll to I'll keep come. you in
0: mind. There do,
2: please. I'd
1: love yeah. to. Yeah, and we'll be seeing you too, Ron, right, before too long? I hope so. <laughs> Great. Great. So, anyways, back, thanks an awful lot. Say hello to Carol for us and Laney, uh, and uh, keep up the I good love work. work. Thanks Lovely talking. Talk. Yeah. Talk, talk to you later. Talk. later. Bye. Bye. talk to you soon, mate. Bye. Well, we're just about out of time. i got a quick question for you. Somebody wants to know if uh, Mike Tottery was at the yes. Airfill event. Was he? Was he what, sorry? At the uh, Airfill event the last Saturday?
2: He wasn't. No, no, Mike he has been. He has done that place, but he wasn't there. But funnily enough, he's been with me for the last couple of days. We're okay. working on all manner of new projects. There you go. We'll, uh, we'll talk day. to
1: you next week, my friend. That was really enjoyable. And, and do we have a uh, do we have a uh, any word on next week?
2: Any word on next week? Not yet, but I'm hoping I'm hoping to get Ian Lawman, who's going to be buried alive next week. So there uh, you go. Good night. God
1: bless. Talk to you guys. Bye bye. these to long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us.